Biblical Counseling and Youth Ministry on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week, I'm joined with Pastor Adam Tyson, who's from the wonderful state of Georgia. After attending medical school, he became a physician's assistant and worked in cardiovascular and thoracic surgery in Savannah for four years. While serving in his local church, he felt an overwhelming desire to pursue the glory of God through theological training and the opportunity to serve the Lord in full-time ministry. Adams had the privilege of attending the master's seminary for both an MDiv and a DMIN degree. He served as an associate pastor of student ministries and outreach at a church in Texas for seven and a half years, and he has a passion for expository preaching and biblical counseling, worldwide missions, and reaching the community of Santa Clarita. At his current pastorate at Placerita Bible Church, Adam serves as adjunct professor in biblical counseling department at Masters University. He and his lovely wife, Lisa, have been blessed with five children. Adam, I'm so grateful that you're here uh, and talking about this issue. Sometimes we think about counseling as, as, as more, you know, adult issues that we're dealing with or, or even child issues. Sometimes this, this window in between of dealing with youth gets left out in some of the discussion. And I think it's important. I love the way that you're, you're couching some of this as we talk about biblical counseling and youth ministry. We should think about this through the church and how we deal with young people. So, so I just want to start here. First of all, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're with us. I want to start here. What, what should the relationship between expository preaching be and youth ministry? Yeah, well, that's a great question. It's great to be with you, Dale. I just have a real passion for this because I served as a youth pastor for almost eight years. And my job, you know, as a youth pastor wasn't just to be trying to relate to the kids and uh, to spend time with them as a uh, relational ministry. There was also a preaching aspect to being a youth pastor. And so I, I believe that expository preaching should be done in youth ministry. And in fact, I felt so passionate about that. I wrote a dissertation on it about the connection between expository preaching and youth ministry. And basically, that whole work is saying there's more to youth ministry than just being a cool youth pastor who wears skinny jeans, has a great haircut, and has a case of Mountain Dew in the fridge, and I can play volleyball really well, right? If he's going to be called a youth pastor, he should be able to open up God's Word and deliver the goods. And of course, my conviction is to preach the Scripture expositionally, which just means going back, doing your homework, opening up the text, reading it in the original language to the best of your ability, you know, studying it through commentaries, and then bringing that truth across to youth ministry. And basically, what you find today is in youth ministry, preaching's not even discussed. I mean, as I was doing research for that dissertation, I couldn't find any resource on how to preach biblically to youth. In fact, all the resources were about how to run a youth program, how to give away iPods on at youth group, you know, how to how to relate to them, how to listen to them, how to connect with them, how to get into their world, and all of that has a place, right? To some degree, of course, you want to know your audience and you know what they're dealing with, but none of it had to do with addressing them from the scripture. And so I just uh, have a passion to to encourage youth pastors, youth workers, local churches to make sure their youth are getting a full dose of the Word of God. It's good stuff. And as even as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking about, you know, that that posture of ours in the church toward youth ministry, it says a lot of what we think about the scriptures. It says a lot of what we think about the youth 
in what we expect of them in, you know, in school, we expect, although uh, some would argue in education, we, we've definitely dumbed it down. No question about that. But we're still trying to teach them algebra and calculus and things like that. And we're trying to teach them about chemistry and, and all these different things. We're expecting them to, to understand and learn difficult things. Yet it seems like at the church, we're the ones dumbing things down. And it says something about our posture relative to the to the kids and to the scriptures. Now, as, as I think about this, uh, I, I cannot wait to hear what you're going to say about my next question. And those of those of you who have had me in class, you know, this is one of my my hobby horses to talk about youth ministry or the term adolescence as we think about young people. I want you to tell me about this idea of adolescence and the myth of adolescence. Yeah, well, that's a that's a great phrase, the myth of adolescence, because it starts to really get at the heart of the issue. And really, the way that the, the world is set up today is that you have children, and then you have teenagers, which are considered adolescents, and then you have adults. And uh, that term, myth of adolescence, I probably first heard it with David Allen Black's book. I'm sure you're familiar with it, called The Myth of Adolescence, Raising Responsible Children in an Irresponsible Society. And then as I uh, served at Grace Community Church for a while, I got to serve as an intern with your pastor, Rick Holland, who also addresses uh, this in a journal article that he wrote, The Myth Called Adolescence. And again, it's just coming back to the fact that adolescence is a psychologized term. Really, it was given first by the American psychologist G. Stanley Hall, who invented this term in his well-known book called Adolescence, Its Relations to Physiology, Anthropology, Sociology, Sex, Crime, Religion, and Education. And that book was published way back in 1904. So what we're really saying is throughout the 20th century and now well into the 21st century, the culture has just accepted this place of adolescence, which means somewhere between your childhood, ages zero to 12, and then your adulthood, which let's say starts at 18 or 19. Some psychologists would say it doesn't start till 25 because your brain's not fully developed till then, they tell us. And so during this middle stage of adolescence, you can kind of experiment. You can kind of do whatever you want. You, you can experiment with sin, yourself, your gender, and there's no there's no penalty because you're not an adult yet. And this is just ludicrous because if you come back to the Word of God, then you see the Bible really categorizes people as children and as adults. And you can see that all throughout Scripture. I mean, you could see David when he slayed Goliath, probably a young teenager, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were in exile in Babylon, young teenagers, even Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, was thought to have possibly been as young as 14 or 15 years old when she gave birth. And so what we're seeing is that there's really not that middle category in the Scripture. It's children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, Ephesians 6.1. And then it's young men. Young men are to grow and young women are to grow and to be godly examples of, of the light of Christ. And that middle place just doesn't really exist the way the world uh, thinks it does. And so what we want to do in the ministry, whether you're a pastor or a biblical counselor or however you're involved with families, is to say these young people need a full dose of the Word of God. They've got all kinds of questions, and they've got all kinds of struggles, and they've got all kinds of problems, and they need real answers. And real answers are found in God's Word. And so that's that's what we want to be giving them, God's truth, God's Word, in a way that they can understand it, apply it, and hopefully live it out. 
Well, if I were pressing Facebook likes, I would give several to everything <laughs> that you just said. Um, this has been a, a, a joy of study of mm-hmm. mine. You talked about G. Stanley Hall's two-volume work that he wrote in 1904. He actually predicts what we're living in today because he, he argues this time of what he calls storm, storm and stress, at which we just need more time in storm and stress, which he predicted was about two years at which we see our necessary developmental stages of wrestling with the issues of life as you move from childhood to adulthood. And this is what he termed adolescence. And he predicted that this needed to expand further and further in order for our race to progress in evolutionary development. And it's really interesting that now we we have a term that it's no longer tied to two years or four years. We have a term that that describes adult adolescence, where this is going into late 20s and 30s. And what it's doing is it's lacking responsibility for young people. And what you're describing is is God holds them as young men and young women who are responsible. And we in the church need to do the same, prepare them to be young men and young women for the sake of the glory of the Lord. They've been created in His image to fulfill something. And I love the way you're, you're describing this. So as, as we bring this back, what's the connection as, as we were to think about biblical counseling and youth ministry, well, what's the connection that you're seeing uh, along with the things that you just warned us about relative to our cultural influence and the spirit of the age relative to adolescence, where it's this, you know, kids want all kinds of freedom without any responsibility. And we just sort of live as if that's, that's normal. Even parents in the church, we've got to transition this. So what's the connection as you think about it between biblical counseling and youth ministry? Well, yeah, the kids become youth and they're thought of as adolescents. So therefore I can't really instruct them from the Bible. Maybe they don't have that long attention span. Well, they just got hormones racing through their minds. It's all these things. So people tend to soft pedal the real issue. And just like I would say expository preaching is what a youth pastor should be doing. I mean, certainly he builds all kinds of connections with the people in the youth group, but the preaching is essential. In the same way, biblical counseling is essential. I mean, biblical counseling is essentially evangelism and discipleship. So for those youth that are struggling with gender issues, cutting issues, peer pressure issues, identity issues, you know, all these issues that we know happen in youth ministry, then the first thing that should be done is like, well, let's talk about your soul. Let's talk about if you truly are in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, what is the gospel and how does that affect your life? And then let's assume that they are a Christian and they're struggling. Now it's flipping into the idea of discipleship. As a youth worker, as a parent, I'm called by God to disciple those in my sphere of influence. And so at that point, that's full-blown biblical counseling. You know, it's Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. That's what we're to be doing with the youth that are struggling. It's not just looking for research, will studies show, well, statistics say, you know, all of that is kind of a backdrop just to illustrate the issue, but we know the issue is the heart. And so our goal is to take God's word and to take that young person and say, hey, let me hear from you what you're struggling with. And now let me show you from the word of God, how it is truly sufficient to deal with that longing in your heart. Because what you're really longing for is to be satisfied in God. And what you're really longing for is His glory over all things. And what you're longing for is true joy and happiness, which can only be found in obeying God's Word. And I don't think that young people know that. They're tempted to say, I know, but, and they want to shift the issue, I know, but, 
you know, my mom and dad, I know, but my friend said this, or I know, but I'm feeling this. And we just want to bring it back and say, yeah, but God's word says, and God's word is true. And God's word has your best interest in mind. And so we want to help them grow and lean into biblical counseling. I just want to sort of continue that thought that, can we be honest and say that that we as churches need to repent before the Lord in the ways in which we've allowed our young people to have all of these cultural excuses as to why they don't pursue the things of God or why we shouldn't expect these things from them. And, and even parents, we've allowed parents to sort of think in this way as well. And that's a part of our job as, as elders, leaders in the church to equip our parents to do this work of the ministry. And that sort of gets me to the next question when we think about youth ministry. I mean, think about the connection between biblical parenting and youth ministry. And I, I think we should root this in some degree, a lot of passages, but I think of Ephesians 4.15, where elders need to be equipping parents to do the work of the ministry and their role and responsibility in teaching and training their children. And they are frontline in accomplishing this work. I want you to talk a little bit about that connection. Yeah, well, that connection between biblical parenting and youth ministry certainly also together with youth ministry, is just a reminder that the youth pastor is not ultimately in charge. You know, the parent is for those kids who are still in the home, they're living with their mom and dad. So what that means is we want parents to be involved. We want parents to be biblically instructing, discipling their own kids. The youth pastor, youth workers, youth staff, they're to come alongside. They're to help enhance. They're to be a help to that. But parents need to take seriously Ephesians 6.4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. And so that's just a, a great reminder that moms and dads need to step up. And what I found is, and as being a youth pastor for almost eight years, is that most parents aren't doing that. And the kids who have all kinds of issues, it's because their parents have a lot of issues. And so you start counseling with the kid and you're giving them all kind of truth from God's word. And of course you're listening and you're seeking to be patient and kind and gracious towards a challenging situation. But then you realize, you know what, mom and dad are part of the problem. So we need to get mom and dad in here with you so that we can provide counsel both to the parents of how to be biblical and how they teach, admonish, listen, instruct, discipline, give grace, extend mercy, you know, all these concepts a parent needs to be actively involved in. And there's just too many parents who drive up to church, you know, Rick Holland calls this curbology. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard him say that. They drive up at the curb, they drop the kids off to youth group and they go home and feel like, well, that'll fix my kid. And I would just say, well, sure, that can be a great help, but you as a parent have to be involved. So we want to equip parents, like you mentioned from Ephesians 4, we want to equip parents to do the work of the ministry by discipling their kids at home. We want to equip them to know how to do that. And I don't know of a better curriculum, really, if you want to call it that, than going through a biblical counseling course. Everything that we study in biblical counseling could be applied to almost directly to parenting. Hey, parents, raise your kids this way, thinking these kinds of thoughts about marriage, about gender, about abortion, end-of-life issues, about suicide, about contentment and happiness. Teach your kids this because they're growing into young adults, and they want to have that conviction deep in God's Word. And as a parent, you're with them all day, every day. They only see the youth pastor once or twice a week. They're only at church one, two hours a week for the main service. 
you need to be doing this at home. That's such a vital point. One of the things that we miss consistently in the scriptures in teaching on parenting is the fact, yes, we get the idea that parents should be teaching them and, you know, everywhere that they go, rise up, lie down, everything that they do. One of the things that we, we sort of miss that ought to be an obvious point is that parents are with their children. That's the way discipleship intends to happen. And to your very vital point, the church can't replace on a daily basis what God intended the parents to accomplish. Yes, supplemental. Yes, encouraging through the word consistently. Yes, equipping parents to do this job of the ministry. But what a, what a vital point that parents have to be engaged in this process. And, and churches have to help encourage parents to no longer think that they're doing their biblical duty by just dropping them off at the programs of the church. And I think that's super well said. So let's bring this back. Maybe this will be the last question. We'll see if we come up with something else. But what are some of the principles that we have to keep in mind when we're counseling with young people? I think this helps to bring us full circle when we think about youth ministry and biblical counseling. So help us to to latch on to some of those key principles. Yeah. Well, I would just remind us that these are young adults. You know, if they're 13 and up, you know, even in the Hebrew culture, they go through the bar mitzvah around age 12, which is a right, a passage and, and a right into adulthood. So we're just being reminded th- these are young adults. I'm talking with tomorrow's leaders. I'm talking to today's younger adults in the church. And so I'm going to treat them as such. If you're treating somebody as a young adult, I'm going to respect them. I'm going to honor them. I'm going to call them to repentance. You know, I'm going to call them to turn from their sin and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ. If they are saved and you've walked through the gospel several times and they're convinced that Jesus did indeed die on the cross, was raised from the dead for their sin, then I'm going to use that as a fulcrum. I'm going to use that to my advantage. I'm going to say, you know what? Well, then as a Christian, God calls you to obey your mom and dad, even if you don't agree with them. Even if you want to go out to the movies or to go out and do this or do that, and other parents let their kids do that, God's called you to obey your mom and dad. That's what God's word says. And so I'm going to just use the scriptures to, you know, because t- teenagers tend to say, I know the Bible says this, but, and again, off they go to the races of all these other influences and desires and uh, thoughts. And we, our job is to say, yeah, but the Bible says and just open up and walk through it. And, and they tell me all the time, well, I, I know what the Bible says. You know, I, I know all about that. I've, I've read the Bible. And I'm like, well, did you know it says this? You know, and then are you obeying this? Because if you claim to be a Christian, God's calling you to do this. And you can't do it on your own. It requires the power of the Holy Spirit. It requires leaning into the divine grace of God to walk in obedience in areas where where you can't do it on your own. And I just think if we're able to have those real conversations with youth, then we can uh, discern, first of all, if they're truly saved or not. And second of all, if they are truly saved, start to get traction of what a Christian walk looks like, because God expects them to be holy, even as he is holy. And I don't know if parents and youth workers, we expect that because we dismiss their behavior. And it's like, God expects you to walk in obedience, to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God expects you to love your neighbor like yourself. So in this conflict you have with your sibling or this other person in your school, God's expecting you to walk with him. And of course, he gives you the grace to do it. You know, we can't do it without grace. 
So important. And I could say a thousand times yes and amen. Adam, I think this is something that the church needs to wrestle with, that elders need to wrestle with, is the ways in which we think about our church and how we minister to young people and how we minister to parents. And we need to think, rethink that biblically and, and raise what we expect from our young people, raise their level of responsibility as unto the Lord. And uh, what a great word, brother. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. And I thought it appropriate today, since we were talking about youth, that we would reintroduce to you our high school curriculum. The curriculum is called Foundations, and we want to make available to you who are in high schools, maybe you're at a Christian school or maybe you're homeschooling, we have an entire curriculum that's a year-long class for our fundamentals, our foundations of biblical counseling for your high school student. You know, we were asked several years back by ACSI Christian Schools, hey, do you have some sort of curriculum that that we might could use as a replacement for social science? And at that point, we had to say no. But we thought, man, that's a wonderful idea. And so what we've done over time is we've created a curriculum with case studies, readings, question and answer, those types of things to build a specific high school curriculum from our fundamentals in biblical counseling. We're reshooting all of that information right now with brand new videos that will release by the summer of 2023. So if you're thinking in terms of curriculum in a local Christian high school, or if you're thinking about your junior or senior in high school, homeschool next year, we want you to think about this curriculum. I think it will be fabulous as it will encourage teenagers in fundamentals of biblical counseling as they think about specifically youth-related issues and life issues that they're facing at this particular moment. Again, we've reshot that. That's going to be available beginning sometime late spring, early summer of 2023 for the following school year, 23 and 24. So go check that out at our website, biblicalcounseling.com. 